This is Radio Maria England, and this is Women Together. Good evening and welcome to Radio Maria England if you are just tuning in and Women Together Series 3 on this Wednesday the 26th of October, I believe if I'm right. And you are joined by me, Genevieve Wedgbury and Helena. Hi, Helena. Hello, Genevieve. Welcome to the studio and welcome listeners this evening. And of course, we are live. And as ever, there will be an opportunity for you to call in towards the end of the show if you would like to. But we'll come on to that uh, very, very soon. Amongst the many different things the last two years have brought into public focus, the care sector is certainly one of them. COVID-19, political turmoil and the cost of living crisis have brought into agreement one thing at least, I think, and that is that the care system needs to be reformed. I'm sure many of you listening have your own experiences of the care system here. Perhaps you have a loved one in care or maybe you work or have worked in care or you know someone who does. If that's you, then do call in on our studio number here, 01223 375 564, and share your insights and experiences with us and our special guest this evening. So what is it like to work in the care system in reality? Well, we're about to hear from Charlotte Sindel, who is a professional carer, and we'll be asking her about her insights and experiences. And you can too. Remember that number, 01223 375 564. But before we kick off, we're going to begin with a prayer. Uh, this is a health care giver's prayer. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and gold of all and God of all encouragement, who encourages us in our every affliction, so that we may be able to encourage those who are in any affliction with the encouragement with which we ourselves are encouraged by God. For as Christ's sufferings overflow to us, so through Christ does our encouragement also overflow. And that's from 2 Corinthians 1, verses 3 through 5. Gracious God, hear our prayer for all who have given themselves to the care of those afflicted by illness, infirmity, and old age. Sensitize their hearts with the compassion and benevolent spirit of the Good Samaritan, that they might see and respond generously to the needs of those in their care. Strengthen them with your encouraging presence and love that they might be constant in their service, even in times of fatigue and distress. Lift their spirits, bolster their resolve, grant them resilience, keep them well, and guide them to wisely keep themselves well. We ask this through the intercession of Our Lady of Lords and in the name of your Son, Jesus, 
and the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that, Helena. And so to our guest, good evening, Charlotte. Hi, yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. So, Charlotte, a little bit about yourself. Um, you are only 25 years old. Yep. <laughs> and you are a professional carer. How long have you worked in care? So I've been caring for about five years now. Did you always know that was that was what you wanted to do? No, not at all. Um, so I was in college studying English and media. Um, I was looking for a job in journalism. That's what I was really interested in. Um, I got into care because I moved to Cambridge to be with my now husband. And whilst I was looking for my dream job, I was needed a job. So there's always care jobs available. So... I literally got the first job I could get and um, find and it happened to be in a care home and I just really took to it and I loved it. So, um, yeah, I never went back to journalism. I just stayed in care. Gosh, I never knew that. That's fascinating. <laughs> and was that your first, uh, I mean, was there any um, sort of reference point to care before that did you have any family who worked in care yeah, for example my or? mom's a carer and um, she was a carer before I was even born um, she used to come home and tell tell us the stories um, well if anything it was enough to put me off but um, but no I I think I I've always sort of had a care in nature and I guess it was always sort of in there somewhere but um yeah, no, I just really took to care. Um, I didn't think that was the road I was going to go down at all. But Maybe the fact that your mum did it, perhaps there was something of that sort of kind of rebellion that you don't There's want to follow in There's always that rebellion. Footsteps yeah. of your... Yeah, possibly. Maybe, yeah. So when you say you took to it, what what sort of happened? Well, my I remember my first day, I, I met all the... It was in a care home. I met all the, the uh, residents and... It was a bit daunting, really. I didn't think I was I was going to last the day. Um, but I don't know. I think just that sort of desire to help people and just all those little things that we do every day that we don't think of that other people struggle with. And if you can just help them with that and make their day just that little bit better, um, I think that's what sort of gets me through, really. And I know when I first met you, I think I remember you saying, you know, that you you really love your job. I do. Did you have a sense and was it there right from that very first moment when it, it sort of really felt like a like a sense of vocation? Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, I think from my very first day, as daunting as it was, um, like I said, just knowing that you can make people's day just that bit better um when they're going through one of the hardest times of their lives and yeah it just it sort of hits home really was it from that first day that you thought right that's it the journalism is that's gone out through the window I think so um I sort of it was always in the back of my mind um I always I did think I was going to go back to it um but I just didn't and I think also just being in the environment where I was sort of on my feet and sort of busy all day I thought I couldn't go for like an office job sat at a computer all day and I love sort of just being out and about and helping people and I realised I didn't want to be sat at a desk all day. 
Did you, you said that, you know, there are always uh, jobs in care that are available. Um, did you go on to do any sort of training or how does that work exactly within the care sector? So quite often with care, it is one of those jobs where you you learn on the job. There is lots of training to do. Um, usually you start with the mandatory training before before the job itself, like such as like first aid and medication and things like that. Um, but yeah, you do you do sort of learn on the job and it, it's... You, you can gain so many opportunities for it. For example, I'm currently doing my level three NVQ um, through my my job, and there's lots of different qualifications you can you can get. So it tends to work that. So, um, is there sort of social care provided through the government and then private agencies? How yeah. Does... So it's a bit of both. Um, for example, the company I work with, um, some of it is funded through the government, um, some of it's private. Um, so yeah, you get a bit of both. I see. Uh, are you allowed to tell us your your group? You, you keep skirting. You don't have to tell us. No, I will. I know a lot of them are listening to, um, tonight. So oh, shout out. Who are we shouting out to? Um, Cheryl. I know Cheryl's listening, and Alison and Gemma. <laughs> um, so I work for a lovely little company. They're based in Royston, Hertfordshire. Um, they're called Tilly's Tilly's Home Care. What a great name, Tilly's. I had a dog named T- Is it short for Matilda? Um, well, it's actually named after one of my boss's cats called Aww, Tilly. Oh, Tilly's home <laughs> care. Tilly's. And you mainly support um, elderly in a, in a home or the back, or do you go into no, their No, it's homes? community care. Um, oh. So it's not just the elderly. Um, it's anyone with sort of care and support needs. So, oh, you're yeah. talking. Oh, so I love community care. Uh, listeners, you may not know this, but I'm from America. <laughs> um, and I maybe it's because I wasn't so much involved. But this community care aspect. And again, if you're from America and you're like, Helena, you don't know what you're talking about. I might not. But from what I know, there wasn't it wasn't at that time. Now, this was like 10, 15 years ago. The movement for community care wasn't there yet charlotte so you are on you are in this cusp of this new wave of care where it's not in a facility it's not in an institution so we're now breaking free of the institution breaking free from these centers these areas and bringing people out into the community where where I guess that's healing and, and, and support of its own, letting the community also take care of folks that just need a little bit more assistance. Uh, can you give us, you gave us, an, you said that you really have this desire to make a person's day a little bit better. Could you, you know, keeping all uh, things, you know, anonymous, could you give us an example of what you've done with one of the people you've supported out into the community? So it's just the simple things such as, you know, helping them to get up in the morning and to get washed and dressed. Just the simple things that we do every single day without thinking twice about it. You know, some people with care and support needs, they can't do the things that we take for granted every day. So just assisting them to live, you know, normally, I don't like that word, but it, but they, they can't do the things that we do every day. Um, so it's just it's just the little things. And, I, but you're so so you help them with little things, but you don't do it for them. I think that's something it's important <laughs> listeners know that support work, care people, care supporters do not do the dressing. They don't. They assist, which is important because that 
bring something else that's needed for those individuals? Yes, definitely. That's a huge part of care. So our main goal is to promote independence. So just assisting them to be as independent and live as as they would have been before, before that illness or before they required the extra support. So promoting independence is very key in my role. What do you think um, some of the, the real challenges are, Charlotte, that you that you face in your in your role? I think the biggest challenges are sort of the emotional challenges, um, just seeing people decline and seeing people sort of with these support needs that affect them every day and like I said it makes you realize all the things that you take for granted yourself and I think it gives you a whole new perspective on life. And can you say a little bit more I mean presumably when you say a new perspective part of that is just the gratefulness of the of the small things and thinking wow you know I can sort of brush my teeth myself or you know and go to the loo and these things which as you said we totally take for granted we really do yeah and of course you know you were in this role when we were going through COVID-19 what was that like wow yeah that was that was difficult um just having to wear head to toe PPE um and it, it was scary um we didn't know what was going to happen we yeah it was it was awful <laughs> and i know that um i mean prior to this uh, uh uh interview this evening we were talking about um some of the coverage on the news um and you were saying about that you know the we were doing the clapping for the for the nhs which was obviously something that you know was wonderful and necessary um but you were saying that there wasn't a sort of a, a dedicated thing for those who worked in care and that that was quite difficult or for people who worked in the private care sector oh definitely i mean i take my hat off to all nhs workers they've done an amazing job but yeah, private care workers were, we were forgotten about really. I mean, you know, we we had clients that were going into hospital and they didn't have space for them. So they would have no choice but to send them home. So then it was our job to look after them. And yeah, they were, we were doing this clap for NHS workers and nothing was mentioned about private carers, which, yeah, that was, that was difficult. I mean, and I remember it came about um, when people were forgetting about the retail workers and the bin men, for example, which once again, I take my hat off, but still nothing was said about the private care workers. Hmm. So we were we were forgotten about, really. Hmm. But. It's hard, too, because private care most of the time does, because there's just not enough funds, you go to private care to support. I know... Um, for a lot of the uh, for Edmunds Trust and Papworth Trust, when one of their support workers or support team members is ill, you go to private care to fill in for those agency workers who do so much. Again, uh, the the hard work. You don't even get the lovely time where you get to see the person grow or become more independent. You're only there for the day, and a lot of that was is for is still forgotten. To be honest. Um, 
So, oh, so Charlotte, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I think we're going to have a music break yeah, now. Yeah, let's have a music break. Um, and then join us again. We'll be continuing on the conversation. And remember that if you want to call in to share your experiences and to speak to Charlotte, then the number is 01223 375 564. We'll be back soon. It could go either way. Hearts balanced on a razor blade. We are designed to love and break, then to rinse and repeat it all again. I get stuck when the world's too loud, and things don't look up when you're going down. I know your arms are reaching out from somewhere beyond the clouds. You make me feel. You can call in at 01223375564. Genevieve, we're back on air. Well, welcome, listeners. You're listening to Women Together Series 3. We're speaking to Charlotte Sindel, the recently married Charlotte Sindel, I should say. So congratulations on that, Charlotte, who at the tender age of 25, Charlotte is definitely extremely mature, way more mature than I was. But we think this is in part because um, of her job that she deals with... uh, you know, definitely the raw side of life as well. And you see suffering and you see, um, in inverted commas, weakness or perceived weakness. And you consider it your privilege to be able to help people in that situation. And I remember actually, um, this is sort of by the by, but this was a few years ago now when I was um, having a conversation with a couple of friends, one of whom is a nurse and the other friend 
just flippantly, well, I can't remember what we were talking about, but she made some comment about, excuse saying this on the radio, but about wiping people's bottoms or something to that effect. And my other friend who was the nurse said she got really sort of heated and kind of fired up and said that she considered it an absolute privilege you know, to be able to do that. And that really, really stuck in my mind because she was, you know, she really said it from the, she really said it from the heart. And I know Charlotte from conversations I've had with you that there is that deep sense of privilege with the, with the work that you do. Oh, a hundred percent. And I think working in care does have a huge stigma. Um, I think carers are sort of known as glorified bottom wipers that's what people tend to think of when they think of care work but it's it's so much more than that have you found this might sound I don't know if this is almost a fair question to ask but in the work you do now so you used to when you started you you did some work in a care home I did yeah or in care homes was it more than one no it was just the one and you felt you you had an opportunity to do something a bit different yeah I mean was that a sort of an intentional thing did it just happen organically or or did you sort of think actually I'm, I'm not really I don't really like being in that environment yeah so when I started in the care home I was actually before I was a carer I was an activities coordinator so I used to run the activities for the um the tenants the residents sorry and I I then started to help out with the care and I then became a full-time carer and as lovely as it was it didn't feel very personal to me um and it, it is really, I'm not going to lie, it's quite full on in a care home. Um, I was on the dementia ward, which was really difficult. And it's very, it's very, you have very rigid times there. Everyone sort of has to get up at the same time. Everyone has meals at the same time. Everyone goes to bed at the same time. So it's not very, it's not very personal. And I don't think they meet, they don't, care homes don't always meet the individual needs of people. I now visit people in their homes where, you know, it's their home. They can still live life how they choose to. And it's so much more flexible. And just seeing people in their own home surrounded by their things, is it's lovely. It's so much better. There must be a real sense of relationship there. And you build yes. up a relationship with people, I mean, presumably over years. Oh, definitely. I mean, with care work, you have to... You have to try not to cross the boundaries and you have to remember that you are, it is your job and you're the carer. But it is it is difficult sometimes because especially when you've been caring for someone for a while, you can sort of build a bit of a relationship with them. But you've just got to try your best to respect those boundaries. When you say that, do you mean you sort of, it's important to keep a little bit of that sort emotional of, yeah, so distance? You, it's, yeah, um, you've got to try and be professional at the end of the day and have a sort of more of a professional relationship um but it's difficult because you do you do grow close to some certain people and um yeah especially if it's someone you're fond of you're going to sort of become almost friends with them but you at the end of the day you're there to do a job Mm. yeah difficult as that is (laughs) listeners I think that's something 
that especially as you go out in the community and you see someone being supported and it, sometimes it may appear to be cold or like Charlotte said, uh, business like, but there need it is the best for the people you're supporting to keep those boundaries, to keep those lines so that it's clear for, for that person and for the person supporting them. And that, when those boundaries get crossed, then emotions get into it. And then that's when things slip. Uh, that's when problems occur. Uh, or sh- so the, it is, Charlotte, it's hard. It's hard to keep it. But bravo, bravo for those that, <laughs> that, that, that do so. Boundaries are good. Note to self, general health and well-being yes. advice. Boundaries are good <laughs> in every in every aspect of life. Boundaries are good. <laughs> Charlotte, did you get to, so you did the activities coordinating. So do you take any of those past activities that you would do in the home? Do you take it into any of the folks that you take care of? Is, is, do you do any of that dementia fun? Uh, sorry, that doesn't mean something. <laughs> is there any of those activities that you would do that you might do to your the people you support now? Yeah, um, at certain times, um, just things like, um, just simple things like holding someone's hand and giving them a little massage or um, painting someone's nails, um, just little things like that. Um, Yeah, we try to sort of encourage it and yeah. (laughs) Do you, I mean, do you ever think when you hear things about the care sector on the news, you know, if you could speak to the Prime Minister now or, you know, um, the MP for, for Cambridge or you know, the person who makes decisions, what what things would you like to see change? I definitely think the care sector needs more funding. Um, I've seen people who desperately need more care, but they they, they don't get granted more care. Um, we can be very... Um, the timings aren't always great either. Um, we're very strict with timing sometimes. Um, some people... I don't know. I think there's lots I'd say. Um, I think... You never know who might be listening. One of the things that um, I'm interested to know is, because you really love it, um, do you tend to find the colleagues that you work with are are the same as you or, you know, or not? Because, um, I, because I get the feeling that you're probably quite special in that sense of, you know, really loving it and feeling very vocational towards it. Oh, definitely. Um, I mean, for example, the company I work with, we're a very small company, so we're all very different in our own ways. Um, I'm one of the youngest there. Um, but then I work with some people who've been doing this for years and years and years and some people who've just started um, and... Yeah, and I think it's important to have people with different personalities who can bring something different and everyone sort of works in a slightly different way. Um, so, yeah, no, I think just having all these differences just sort of really makes a difference. What qualities, if there was anybody who was listening and who might be thinking about going into care, what would you say to them or what qualities would you say that you need or would you say yeah go on go for it or maybe not um oh definitely go for it um I mean I was unsure um and I'm so glad I didn't now I couldn't see myself doing anything else um you've definitely got to have a lot of patience um it's not easy and I think you've got to have 
a positive outlook and you've also you've also got to be very sort of passionate and sort of have an open mind everyone you you can look after a range of different people and you know everyone have has their own quirks and you know you've got to accept that that's who they are and work with it (laughs) so that's really amazing oh uh, charlotte when so we're all not going to have beautiful days there's going to be a day where something just did not go right or the person you're supporting it can be it, it seems to be ungratefulness but it's just we all have our days how do you guys support each other you the carers support each other uh when when one's feeling down and like oh this has happened is there any is there any key ways and this could listeners this could work in charlotte's advice could help you in many different uh situations with co-workers and pepping them back up and pushing them forward wow um well (laughs) If I'm honest, I don't think I've actually got that much advice. Um, if we're having a bad day, we just, you know, we just talk about it. And, you know, I think when you do this job, you've got to have a good sense of humour as well. You know, I always say if you didn't laugh, you'd cry. So I think you've just got to try and be cheerful and just always look on the positive side as much as you can. And, yeah, just have a good sense of humour. Do you find that most weeks or most days there's something that you can look back on which has sort of made you giggle and just sort of made you laugh? Yeah, I mean, yeah, all the all the time. Um, I think in terrible situations, as awful as it sounds, I think you've just got to, you know, at the time, if something bad happens, you've got to just get on with it and do your job. And then after, just try and sort of... We'll not see the funny side, but just try and sort of be positive and keep things light. I actually think of, I always think of Christ saying, um, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I know that obviously that has to be pitted against taking up my cross daily and following me. So we know that there's that element of suffering you know, which is um, sort of part and parcel of our of our of our lives, but keeping a lightness there. How did your mum feel when you said that you were wanting to follow in her footsteps and and go into care? Well, if I'm completely honest, I think I don't think she was shocked. Um, I think she was almost a little bit disappointed, um, not because I was going into care, but because I had these big dreams of going into like journalism and I'd been studying it for so long. I think she almost saw it as a waste because I'd got uh, my diploma um, and I worked really, really hard towards it and I did um, get really good grades. And then all of a sudden I'm going into care and I wasn't going down that road anymore. So I think she was a little bit disappointed at first. Um, but then once I sort of started and she could see I was enjoying it, I think I'd like to think she's proud of me. Yeah. I'm sure she is. I'm I, sure she is. I think all your training in journalism has helped you become a good carer. It's that question, uh, looking, looking for truth, uh, asking the questions and having an open ear because just in supporting your fellow carers by speaking about what's happened and by having being that listening ear for your co-workers and also for the people you support, especially with dementia or 
the the people that are isolated, you're the person that comes in. So you are the person taking it all in, sucking it in like a good journalist ready to create. And then there's you don't you don't get to share their stories in a newspaper or anything. But in a way, you have become their outlet to the world. And so you have you're continuing your training and, and doing good work, but in just a different kind of way. And I guess it's communication as well, isn't it, with journalism? It's there's a big thing of communication there. You can write. You can write about your experiences, Charlotte, as well. Yes, the they famous can... Ken Kesey <laughs> wrote about one flew over the cuckoo's nest. So there you. I don't know. If that's a good example. But 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 Charlotte, there's there's lots of there's lots of ways to to document and and share what keeping people anonymous of course that's true actually so what kind of journalism did you think that you that you sort of wanted to do so I actually really wanted to work for some sort of newspaper um I actually did get a apprenticeship at a book publishers and I was there for a couple of months but then I moved to Cambridge and the commute was just too long um but yeah I was looking for a a newspaper of some sort um but yeah as I said whilst I couldn't find a job in that area, so I just got a care job until I found the the right one. I've got a vision, so. Charlotte. I've got a vision. I've got a vision. So in the care sector, you've got, uh, in order to be a good grant writer or fund writer, there's got to be experience on the ground, uh, on the front lines, per se. And with your experience now and your writing skills and the, what you've learned, I think with... Uh, some more time and honing you could that's like a place to go into where you still can have that supportive role but perhaps it's writing grants or writing articles to local newspapers about the need for more uh, funding for more support uh, from the MPs from government oh my dear oh you've got a bit you've got big plans still but continuing that care so that your heart is and your mind is still connected to those you're helping support Yes, definitely. Um. <laughs> but but what you're doing now is also so beautiful and and is needed is needed. I think listeners, this is such an important thing to have, and people in that service is needed. Absolutely, one hundred percent. I actually, um, in fact, it was my husband who suggested, and I think it was a very good suggestion. Um, that there should be like a kind of a uh, sort of like a professional schooling for, you know, to be to be a carer. So it's got some kind of, you know, it's like saying you're a nurse or, you know, that there's kind of more of a, a sort of professional status that that comes with that. And it should pay off your student loans. I mean, this is what? from America. <laughs> like if you become a care, if you become a nurse in America, that like some of your loans get taken away. So if you become a carer, some of your loans should be taken away. Absolutely. Yeah. You hear that, Rishi? Rishi Snuna? Oh, you never know. You never know. And um, and let's talk about, you know, say some of the hours. What does a working week look like? Is it the same? Do you have the same hours every week? Do you work weekends? Do you work nights? I mean, how does the how does the shift um, patterns of work work? So it does change slightly um, each week. Um but our day is split up between morning, lunch and evening. So some days I work all day where I'll, I start around half six in the morning. I finish at 10 o'clock, go home, have a cup of coffee myself, go back out for lunch, 
go back home again and go back out in the evening. So I, I am in and out quite a lot. Um, other days I just work morning and evening. So it does vary a bit. And they try and work it that you work every other weekend. So you don't have to work every weekend. You do get some time off. So and most care companies tend to work that way as well. Have you ever thought that you'd might like to, because they're obviously you know, similarities with nursing, for example. Have you ever thought, oh, actually, I'd like to go into nursing or no, you want to stay caring or is it? I have looked into that. Um, I've also looked into um, becoming a paramedic. I'd love to do something like that. Um, And if I'm honest, the only reason stopping me is having to go through uni and student loans and time as well. Um, You've got loads of time, Charlotte. Believe me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know it sounds silly, but through finding time between sort of still working, plus I'd have to work through um, whilst paying off student loans. Yeah. Um, it just, for me, it's to all just seems so daunting um, that it has put me off. Um, but I'm, I'm happy doing what I'm doing uh, at the moment. So, but who, who knows? I might change my mind in the future. And that's something that we take for granted as well. Uh, Listeners, you may think of it as well. Like if you've got such a good, good carer and you keep thinking, oh, they could move on to this, this and this and this. No, we need good carers to keep caring. Charlotte, I want you to be able to take care of me. (laughs) Uh, But we if and that's maybe that's a mental thing that we have, that we're always striving to go up the ladder when just being where we are and being so good at that and we can always get better and i'm sure charlotte you're like oh no i could i could do this better or i could learn this better or i could figure this out better but just staying where we are sometimes can be beautiful and if every good teacher moved up to being university professor if every good nursery practitioner became a head teacher then we would we were losing that beautiful goodness that's there on the good level on the ground and often people can feel you know they get up you know to headships and then they you know they're not actually doing the professional practice that they went in for and that they really loved but do you think you might like to I don't know have your own company or you know something like that or are you just Lottie's home care (laughs) yeah or I have thought about it um definitely not yet um but in the future it's definitely a possibility. We are going to take another music break, but join us afterwards. We will be continuing on the conversation on Women Together. And do call 01223 375 564. I know it's all you've got to just be strong. It's a fight just to keep it together, together I know you think that you are too far gone But hope is never lost Hope is never lost 